This is from my article entitled, An Introduction to the Tether Bitfinex Controversy. Bitfinex is one of the historically largest Bitcoin exchanges, and Tether is by far the largest stablecoin. Each potentially has significant influence over the industry on their own, and their interconnectedness makes this more of a concern. However, since both were founded many years ago, and many of the events have happened and been in, revealed in bits and spurts, can be difficult to understand their place in the cryptocurrency environment. This will hopefully serve as a basic introductory document that will then prompt further research. Bitfinex was founded by Raphael Nicolay, a help desk technician, in 2012. It quickly grew in popularity, in part due to its ability to serve as a meta-exchange, where you could trade on Bitfinex, Mt. Gox, or Bitstamp from the same interface, and later their lending features. However, even from the founding, there were issues that plagued Bitfinex, not the least of which being that the source code for Bitfinex was stolen from Bitcoinica, an earlier hacked and failed exchange created by a 17-year-old. Furthermore, the nature of the meta-exchange meant that they also frequently had large amounts of funds on other exchanges, including Mt. Gox. As late as April 21st of 2013, you can see in the leaked email below that they had half of their funds on Mt. Gox. Mt. Gox was famously hacked for three years and had approximately 650,000 Bitcoin stolen, culminating in ending withdrawals on February 24th, 2014. It is unknown if Bitfinex had funds on Mt. Gox when it became impossible to withdraw. The earlier history of Tether is complicated. The precursor to Tether, RealCoin, was started in July of 2014 by Brock Pierce, who was arrested in Spain with a fugitive child sexual offender and was once sued for child sexual abuse. He was released with no charges when arrested, and when he was sued for child sexual abuse, all charges were voluntarily dismissed. It was also started by Reeve Collins and Craig Sellers. It was going to be the first dollar-backed stablecoin where every token on the blockchain would represent a dollar in the bank. This was possible thanks to a new protocol built on top of Bitcoin called Omni, or MasterCoin, at the time, that allowed for these tokens to be minted easily. On September 5, 2014, Tether Holdings Limited was founded by Phil Potter, Chief Strategy Officer of Bitfinex at that time, and Giancarlo Devasini, the Chief Financial Officer of Bitfinex. On October 6, 2014, the very first Tether tokens were minted. At some time during this process, Tether and Bitfinex ended up having the same leadership team and the same ownership, though they would at times deny this fact. Bitfinex was first hacked in May of 2015. It was just 1,500 Bitcoins from their hot wallet, and they covered it out of their corporate funds. This did little to affect the general confidence in Bitfinex, and it retained its position as one of the largest exchanges. Bitfinex's position became more complicated when in June of 2016, the CFTC, or the Commodities and Futures Trading Commission, ordered Bitfinex to pay a $75,000 fine for offering illegal, off-exchange, financed retail commodity transactions in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. 
Part of the issue was that the bitcoins were not physically delivered from the perspective of the CFTC. This may have been a motivating factor for Bitfinex's switch over to BitGo for their wallet security. BitGo would have allowed them to segregate each user's balance. It was also supposed to provide them with significantly improved multi-signature security. Then, they were hacked again in August 2016. This was one of the largest Bitcoin hacks of all time, totaling 119,756 Bitcoins. In response to this hack, Bitfinex gave the majority of their clients a 30.67% haircut across their accounts. At least one customer, Coinbase, was excluded. They credited each customer with a BFX token that represented $1 of the haircut. They said they would pay back all BFX tokens eventually or would offer equity in exchange for them. Bitfinex also promised to provide a security audit and a financial audit after this hack. They did not. Many of those BFX tokens were converted to equity in Bitfinex, and these users became passionate advocates for Bitfinex. Eventually, all tokens were paid off or converted. Tether was hacked once as well. In November 2017, about 30 million Tethers were removed from their wallet. In response to this, Tether forced a hard fork of the Omni protocol to mark those Tethers as no longer valid. Eventually, Omni added a feature that allowed for transactions to be frozen by the issuer, an ability that Tether maintains to this day. One of the most commonly voiced frustrations with Tether is that they have never provided a true and full financial audit to prove they were backed. Tether for years promised they would get an audit and have yet to follow through. Early on in their history, they did have attestations from a Taiwanese accounting firm, but those stopped by March of 2017. Due to banking difficulties in Taiwan, we'll get back to this later, they stopped this relationship. Then they hired Friedman LLP in New York for promised comprehensive balance sheet audits on a quarterly basis going back to December 31st, 2016. We will share those results with you as they become available in the coming weeks or months. This audit, like the promised Bitfinex audit, never arrived. Tether said the following in response to the relationship ending. We confirm that the relationship with Friedman is dissolved, given the excruciatingly detailed procedures Friedman was undertaking for the relatively simple balance sheet of Tether, it became clear that an audit would be unattainable in a reasonable time frame. Tether did later release a memo from Friedman that was explicitly not to be relied upon. This was for cash balances as of September 2017. We would later learn that Tether had manipulated this attestation and had no banking previously, transferring in hundreds of millions of dollars from Bitfinex the same day of the attestation. The next update, which was still not an audit, came not from an accounting firm, but a law firm. Tether engaged Free, Sporkin, and Sullivan to review their bank accounts and then provide a letter saying that the number of dollars in the bank account was greater than the number of Tethers in circulation. It is important to note that again, this document does not seem to have been meant for public release. There, when this article was written, that was the most recent update to Tether and Bitfinex's backing. If you listen to my episode about Tether's history of audits, attestations, and letters, you'll get a more complete history with what's happened since then. Against this backdrop, both Tether and Bitfinex struggled with their banking. 
This started in April 2017, when Wells Fargo, the correspondent bank for Tether and Bitfinex's Taiwanese banks, cut off all their withdrawals. Since then, Bitfinex and Tether have jumped from bank to bank. They briefly banked at Noble Bank International, an international financial entity that was founded by Brock Pierce and John Betts, an investor most noted for trying to buy out Mt. Gox. After Noble faced financial difficulties, Tether landed at Deltec Bank & Trust in the Bahamas. Due to Bitfinex's difficulties in securing and maintaining banking, they partnered with Crypto Capital Corp. Crypto Capital Corp was run by Reggie Fowler and Ravid Yosef. Now, Reggie Fowler has been arrested on bank fraud and wire fraud charges. Ravid Yosef is still on the run. Shortly before the news broke about the charges and arrest of Reggie Fowler, the New York Attorney General revealed that they were investigating Tether and Bitfinex for fraud. Several shocking details were revealed in this investigation, including that Bitfinex had given $1 billion to Crypto Capital Corp. and had not even signed a contract. When Crypto Capital stopped serving Bitfinex's withdrawal requests, which Bitfinex was actively lying about, Bitfinex exchanged $625 million of their book dollars in crypto capital for money that Tether had in their bank account in order to service withdrawals. This, in effect, made Tether insolvent. This happened before Tether changed their promise from fully backed by cash. After this, Bitfinex entered into a credit agreement with Tether, wherein Tether extended a loan of up to $900 million to Bitfinex. This loan was secured by iFinex shares, which were owned by Digfinex, the parent company for both Tether and Bitfinex. The New York Attorney General report includes the following line. The transaction documents were signed on behalf of Bitfinex and Tether by the same two individuals. These two individuals are also directors and owners of Digfinex, Bitfinex, and Tether. When news of this effective insolvency broke, Bitfinex responded by creating a new token called Unis Said Leo, or Leo from here on out. They intended to sell 1 billion tokens, each for a dollar, in order to help close out the loan facilities. All tokens did end up being sold, but at the time this article was written, the loan facility had not been paid off. Since then, Bitfinex has paid off the loan facility. The token provided some discounts on Bitfinex's platform to its holder, however most of the potential value derived from the other promises they made, including that they would buy back an amount of LEO equal to 27% of their revenue each month, or their promise to use 95% of the net recovered funds from crypto capital to buy and burn LEO. Since then, Tether's size has absolutely exploded, with it growing to nearly $20 billion. At the time of writing, it's now about $65 billion. Bitfinex and Tether are still under investigation by the New York Attorney General, but have had their appeal rejected and they will be moving to trial soon. They've since settled and there's articles on my site, you can read about that. Thanks to the New York Attorney General investigation, we found out the following things. Um, most of this actually is somewhat out of date. The most important highlights are that Tether executives would get irregular aperiodic payouts from the Tether reserves, and it's unclear why. Both Bitfinex and Tether had commingled their funds, both within their organizations, like mixing their client and corporate funds, and between their organizations, meaning effectively Tether and Bitfinex are one company, and you should kind of assume that, though they often pretend to be separate. Uh, Tethers had also been loaned to trading firms, which is new information we got from the investigation, and it's unclear why or what that arrangement looked like. 
Um, and at the time the ex parte order was filed, Bitfinex claimed to not believe Crypto Capital Corp when Crypto Capital Corp said its funds were seized. From where I'm sitting, it looks very clear that Crypto Capital's funds were seized. And so it's kind of strange that there was that part included in the investigation document.